0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. So we are over here in Acts chapter five. There was a couple that had come to the church. Their names were Ananias. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira, they came, they started playing church, you know, they were just playing the hypocrite and they began to to lie to the people and pretend that, you know, they had done some things that they hadn't really done. And they were just trying to fit in with the rest of the church folks. And God didn't like it. And he revealed it to the apostle Peter. He showed him through what we call, or what the word of God calls, a word of knowledge. He saw, Peter knew that Ananias and his wife Sapphira were lying. And he told them, he said, listen, you haven't lied to man, but you have lied to God. You have lied to the Holy Spirit. And upon saying those words, they breathed their last and fell dead in the church. And some young youth came in, and they took the bodies of these two Christians... They were saved. They were Christians. Took them and dragged them out to the cemetery that they were building, I guess, out in the backyard. And they buried them out there. That's quite a church service. Don't you think? I and mean, that'd be an exciting church service. How many want an exciting service today? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Lord, we want to see your glory. <laughs> well, that's his glory, you know. God's glory, God's power in Manifestation. You know, we got plug outlets around this, around this building, you know. And if somebody walks over to the plug out and they want some power, you know, if you want, to, have you want to feel some power, just go over to one of the plug outlets, stick your finger in there. Start poking at it, you know. Take a screwdriver, just unscrew the thing. Maybe just stop messing around with the wires or something. And you will discover power. <laughs> Don't you think? Yes. Yeah, but it won't be uh, beneficial to you. It'll hurt you. It'll hurt you. Now, God's not, God doesn't want to hurt people any more than electricity wants to hurt you. I have got news here. Electricity isn't over there going, come here. Come here. David, you want a, you want a piece of this? <laughs> I can tell you right now, that plug outlet is not over there just saying, you want a piece of this? You want to mess with me? That, that outlet has no personality whatsoever. The electricity has no, no personality. It's got no anger issues. It's not full of wrath, but if you go over to it and pull pull on that electricity, you'll discover the wrath of electricity. You see what I'm saying? And that's how it works with God. And that's what these folks did. They walked right right up to God's face. Right? They thought they were just talking to people. They didn't realize they had come into the very presence of God. I got news for you. You're in church this morning. You haven't just come to a group of people. We've come to God. We're drawing near to Him. And so when we understand that, we we watch how we walk. We watch how we talk. We watch how we act, right? If there's things that aren't right in our life, we examine ourselves. That's why we come to church is to get in the light of His presence and His glory. And when we see things that aren't right in our life, maybe some ugly things will rise up on the inside of you. Or you'll just know things that, you know, maybe you're involved in that aren't good. And you start to feel really squirmy and uncomfortable in church, you know. Some people feel uncomfortable. Oh, the pastor, he's looking at me, you know. I just had somebody recently say that to me. He said, see, you just, you kept looking at me. And I, and I thought, he must be angry with me. That's what they thought. I thought, he must be angry with me. But well, no, I'm not angry with anybody, see. But people start feeling a little, little uncomfortable sometimes because maybe there's some things in their life. There's some things in their life they've got to judge, they've got to deal with. See? So that's why we come to the God's house, so we can see those things. And the Bible says if we judge ourselves, we won't be judged. Isn't that good? We judge ourselves, we just say, Lord, you know, I, I, things aren't right, forgive me for that. And see, this is all a part of learning to yield to him so he can have his way through our life. But if you come, come to church and you start making fun of God on the platform, you start making fun of God and this person and that person, and you start poking around, you start poking around, you've know, you got to realize you're, not, you're in a holy place. At least we we treat it that way. We believe this is a holy place. And so you're in a holy place. And I say that because I think some people don't treat God's house as holy. I've heard a lot of modern ministers say, this is nothing. This is just a building. You're the church. This is just a... No, no, that's that's unscriptural. That's completely unscriptural. You go over there to the book of Timothy. he's talking all about the church. And he says, you know, this is how he says, I say these things. He concludes what he's saying in Timothy by saying, I say these things that you might know how to conduct yourself in the house of God. That's not talking about people. That's talking about a place. How to conduct yourself in the house of God. And he goes on and says some more things. This is the house of the living God. It's a holy place. Where they were was a holy place. That the apostles, the ministers that were ministering, were holy men of God. The Spirit of God was on them. He was ministering through them. And so Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they're just treating it like, you know, it's just a place of human beings. Not a big deal. And they're lying to Peter, but it's really to the Holy Spirit. And by doing that, they were just taking jabs at the power of God. And it killed them. It killed them. The power of God killed them, took their breath away, and they fell dead. And so we pick it up here. That's where we were last time. You can get the full message on that from last week. It would be a blessing to you. have many people found it to be a blessing to you? Yeah. So some, of these, some of these kind of messages on, on God's judgment and the fear of God are some of the most helpful. Because we really do need them the most. Because I think more than anything in life, we need Correction. We need to be refined. We need to get the stuff off of us that's offensive to God because there's a lot of it because we're in an extremely offensive world, a world that's offensive to God. So we have to, you know, we, ha- we got to get cleaned up. So I think even more than you're wonderful, you're great, and you know, pep talks, you know. Thank God for pep talks and exhorting people and encouraging people. But I think warning people, rebuking people, correcting people is really what we need more than anything else. So when you get it, It's actually refreshing for folks that want to be clean and they want to they want to really see the glory of God. They really want to walk in the glory of God. They really want to lift him up and be lifted up with him in their life. Those that really want that, then, man, they love they love messages that clean them up. Hallelujah. Everybody likes a good shower once in a while. Isn't that right? Good hot shower, too. Right. Make it really hot. Praise God. Everybody reach your hands out this way and say, Lord, make it hot today. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Burn my skin, right? Just burn my skin. It'll loosen your muscles up, praise the Lord, but it might burn your flesh a little bit. But that's good. It's good, man. It'll help clean us up. Praise God. And that's exactly what the fear of the God does. Psalm 19. Verse 9 says, the fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is clean. It will clean you up. When you have the fear of the Lord, you'll be clean. You'll be clean. And we want to be clean vessels for God. Because the cleaner we are, the more he can flow through us. You know, I I don't like, you know... Water that flows through pipes that are rusty, right, and corroded. You go over and you get a drink of water. You ever go to the park and get a drink of water from a fountain in the park? I never do, but, you know, there's been times of desperation when I was young. and You go over and push the thing. First of all, it always oozes out. It never comes up like a fountain. You ever notice that? I don't want to get off on this, but somebody needs to do something about this. You, know, so you push, those, they push the button, it just oozes out. It's like, come on, you, you know you got to put your mouth on this thing. It's, like, it's a horrible thing. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. <sighs> Pure water. Pure living water. We want the river of life. God's river to just flow through us and not pick up a bunch of personality and bunch of yucky stuff that's contrary to God. Now, he's going to flow through our personality, which is pretty cool. And so, you know, he'll pick up all that good stuff that he's he's created you to be, and he'll flow through that. But we don't want to pick up a bunch of other stuff. A bunch of pride and hypocrisy and just a lot of corrosion, corroding things, a lot of fleshy things, a lot of things that aren't true. You got the truth of the word flowing, and it just picks up all this stuff that's not true, that's not lovely, that's not good. No, we want to be clean vessels for him. That's how it's going to happen. If we're going to see the glory of God, this is how it's going to happen. If we're going to really see an earth-shaking move of the Spirit of God throughout the world, man, there's going to have to be some holy people. There's going to have to be some people that, that want to be holy, and they want, they want to be corrected, they want to be cleansed, they want to be purified, they want to walk in the fear of the Lord. They want to walk in His judgments, judging themselves, walking in His righteousness. Righteousness. That's how God's going to do it. He does it through his body. He does it through people. He always has. And he always will. And I just believe that a great earth shaking move of God is coming to America. It's coming to the world. See, how do you know that? Well, first of all, I see it in the scriptures. Second of all, we're here. And we're not leaving here until it happens. Can I get a couple more amen? A a little more enthusiasm. I I mean, it's going to happen because somebody's determined to see it happen. And they're going to position themselves for it to happen. It's not just going to happen because God wants it to happen. I got news for you. God wanted it to happen a long time ago. America would not even be in the condition that it's in right now if it was up to God. No, 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 no. It's not all up to God, it's up to His people. Do you want Him? Do you want to walk in Him? Do you want to walk in His power? Do you want to walk in His glory? Do you want His righteousness and His holiness and live a clean life set apart from all the dirty, filthy things of this world? Now we can enjoy all the good things that God has created in this world and that He's given men, He's inspired men to be able to, to build and design and create. God wants us to have good things. He wants us to be able to eat the good of the land. He wants us to have all those things, but we're not living for those things. And when I'm talking about the filthy things of this world, I'm talking about what filthy sinners have done with the things that God has created and the good things that God has inspired. It needs to come into the hands of the righteous. All the good stuff needs to come into the hands of the righteous, praise God, so that we have these things and it can express God's holiness, love, and power through all the good things of this world. Should everybody say the fear of the Lord is clean? Therefore, clean. Therefore, Therefore I love it. Therefore. I love it. Praise God forever. And so it says, we'll just go back to verse 10 where it says, Then immediately she fell down at his feet, at Peter's feet, and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. You know, we don't need to have something like that happen in our life. We don't need to see some kind of... We don't need to see judgment like that in our life for us to fear God. We can just see it in the Word of God, believe it like it's real, treat it like it, it's re- it really happened, and thus let it change our life. Why should we? Why sh- it doesn't have to repeat itself. We, we, we shouldn't have to have these things, these kind of things, repeat themselves in order for us to learn to fear the Lord. We can fear the Lord... By learning from Ananias and Sapphira, just like the early church learned. They learned, you know. They just watched this thing happen and great fear came upon upon them all. This was a good fear. It's the fear of God. Came upon them all. Well, you and I should be able to read that in the word and go, and we should have that same fear. We We should see it, see the word of God, see the story as a true story. As it really happens, and understand God's the same yesterday, today, forever. God hasn't changed. His power's still the same. So, so we should have the same reaction. Let's get the same reaction. Have that same fear. We ask the Lord for that. Lord, give us that same fear. That that same fear. And again, you know, uh, a lot a lot of folks have have watered down the subject of the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. And they said, well, down, you know, the, the fear of the Lord is respect. It's not really fear. It's respect. That is so not true. Go study it out. Go look up the word fear. Study it in the Greek. Study it in the Hebrew. Study the word fear. The fear of God. The fear. Look it up. It's fear. It's being afraid. The Bible talks about the terror of the Lord. But it's not a fear. Here's what's different. It's not a fear that causes you to draw back from God, but it's a fear that causes you to run to God. Because you fear getting out from under his hand. You fear getting away from him because you understand that he is your refuge. He is your strength. He is your protection. He's the one that's going to guard you. He's the one that's going to keep you from Satan. He's the one that's going to keep you from the evil that is in this world. He's not the one responsible for the evil. He's not the one that created death. Death came as the result of rebelling against God, turning from God. That's where death came into the picture. So so when you have the fear of God, you run to God. You run to him and you worship him. You worship him and you reverence him and you respect him and you want to walk holy and you want to be pleasing to him. You know, just like, I don't know, if you worked at a, um, like a nuclear plant. You know, you're working right in there around all this radiation. I mean, they've got so many regulations and, and rules and way to handle yourself, you know, in one of these, in one of these power plants, these nuclear power plants. I mean, you just don't walk in there and say, hey, let's go walk around the nuclear power plant and check things out. No, it's radiation all over the place. You don't just walk around the place and just start grabbing at stuff. I mean, You go in there, you see people in these suits walking around. They look like astronauts. They've got all this protective gear on. They watch what they handle. They watch what they touch. They watch, they watch, they watch what they do. The Bible says walk prudently when you go to the house of God and come to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know that they do evil. I'm just quoting from Ecclesiastes. They do not know that they do evil. So you see, they don't realize what they're doing. We've got to watch. When we're around God, we want to do things His way. You know, the Bible says, the Lord says in Psalms, He said, this one I will look upon, he who, I don't know all of it, but He says, he who trembles at my word. you ever heard that before? He who trembles at my word. In other words, you take his word seriously. You recognize, I need this. I need, this isn't a little supplement. We're back to the supplement. This isn't like a little supplement, a little vitamin. This is like your life. Now, he, Jesus meant to. he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I mean, we let, this book is what's gonna keep us on the path of life, keep us from the path of the destroyer. The destroyer has many paths. God has one path. We're going to stay on his path. This is going to keep me. I fear getting off that path. I fear getting away from him. I fear going against the book. I'm going to stay with the book, man. And you tremble at his word. It doesn't make you run from it. It makes you run to it. Hallelujah. Safest place to be is with him. Get as close as you can to him. Draw near to him. He'll draw near to you. There's nothing bad in God. There's nothing evil in Him. It's only if you kick against Him, you understand, you can get yourself in trouble. You can kick against Him and push yourself right into the path of the destroyer. See? God sets you on His path. He places you in a nice church where His presences. And then and you push, and you kick, and you bite, and you and you fall right into the path of the destroyer. There's a lot of traffic out there. You don't want to go flying into that path. Can you say amen? amen. I, I remember when I was a teenager, the Mets won the World Series. This is back in New York, New York Mets. They won the World Series. I didn't care much about baseball, but it was the World Series. So, you know, I had some friends that were into it. So I got into it with them, you know. So, uh, you know, the whole city went crazy. You know, the Mets won this, so you had to do something, you know. So we jumped, horns were beeping and all kinds of noise was going on in the streets. And so I, we jumped in my car and we go down the road, and I mean, there's just people everywhere, and the, the, the street is just packed with people, and everybody's just jumping around like a bunch of hyenas, you know. So, so we got out, and we're just getting into it, too. And somebody, somebody in a car, came charging through, came charging down that road. They weren't going to slow down. People started jumping out of the way. I didn't see it. And so I... I stepped right in front of this car that was flying down the street. I didn't realize the crowd had parted, and this car was sneaking through here. And I don't even know how it happened, honestly. And somehow I got out of the way of the car. The next thing I know, I was, I was, I was on, the, on the sidewalk. And my friend John, his face was just white. He just looked at me and he goes, I thought you were dead. He said, I thought you were dead. I don't even know how you got out of that. Somebody said, thank God for angels. Again. They're working all the time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God the devil couldn't take me out. But you see, the devil's always looking to kill, to steal, and destroy. That's what he goes about seeking to do. He's seeking to devour. Seeking to devour. So we want to stay away from him and we want to run to him who is good and whose mercy endures forever. And if we come to him and we're honest and we judge ourselves, what are we going to get? A slap? No. We're going to get mercy. I said, we're going to get mercy. We come to him. We judge ourselves. We're going to get mercy. And he's going to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. And then we just got more peace. More peace knowing I'm right with God. I'm right with God. It's an awesome thing to go to sleep at night in total peace knowing that you're right with God. Isn't it? It's an awesome thing. So, we don't want to do anything that pushes us out of the path of life. We cling to God's word, and we draw near to him. We draw near to him. So again, uh, fear, it is a respect. It, it, there's this awe, and this, there's this respect for God, but, but it is a fear. It is a real fear of getting away from him. That's, it's, let's put it this way. It is a scary thought for me to even think of what life would be like in my life without him. I, I, I mean, honestly, it's a scary thought. Now, when, when I didn't know him, I didn't know any better. You know, you, just, you went places and you did things that you just thought it was cool and fun, you just did. I, I couldn't even go near those places. I understand demonic powers, I understand spiritual laws, and I understand how much God was having mercy on my ignorance, but I'm not ignorant anymore. And so, and if a person shouldn't be ignorant anymore, they're accountable. So don't think, I just won't come to church. I'll stay ignorant. No, no you become accountable over time. God, you, 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 if you should know, then, then, then you should know. And you're treated as one as should know. But like you said, to whom much is given, much is required. So I couldn't, I mean, I, I know better. So there's no way I could just go back out into this, into that. I mean, that's scary to me. Sin scares me. I mean, it makes me run to God. Why? Because sin blinds me to God. Sin would harden my heart. Sin would would deceive me, so that I wouldn't recognize my need for God. That's what sin does to people. It's so deceptive. So that's a scary thought. I said it's a scary life without Him is a life without the Word is a scary thought. <laughs> that's why you know you got to get it in. I think about it sometimes. I say, what happens if I was arrested? You know, for preaching the gospel. Of course, it'd only be for something good. And I'm in prison, and, so, and, I, and nobody's going to give me a Bible. I mean, that'd be like, that'd be like a straitjacket, you know? That'd be horrible. I mean, you can, you can, you know, you could tie me down and drip water on my head. You can, you can do an electric shock treatment to me. You can flog me, but don't take the Bible away, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's how it should be. But don't put me in a place where I can't have a Bible. Well, that might happen. So that's why we get the thing in us. We just fill ourselves up with it, fill ourselves up so that we are a living epistle. We're just, we're living Bible. Bible's on legs. And where we go, we always got access to revelation. We always got access to the will and word of God. Holy Spirit can bring it all to our remembrance because we've downloaded it all on the inside of us. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. And so that's what those who have the fear of the Lord, that's what they're going to do. And again, it's going to keep you clean and make you conduit that God's power can flow through without any restrictions. And we see that in the next verse, in verse 12. Well, let's look at verse 11 again and flow into verse 12. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. So fear came upon them, and and it goes right into this. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs. And wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. So notice this. They feared God. And we see it caused them to again be in one accord. If there was any disunity, if there was any factions, if there was any jealousy, bitterness, resentment, Why is she sitting in my seat? That's my seat. I always sit in that seat. If there's any kind of nonsense like that, the fear of God just drove it out and thus drove out the root of all division. Just drives out division. Fear of God drives division out because the fear of God will cause you to want to walk in the love of God. You You won't want to do anything out. You wouldn't want to take a step outside of love when you fear God. So you start checking yourself, saying, now, am I walking in love towards this person? Am I speaking words of love towards these people? And by doing that, we're keeping ourselves in unity with God and with the people around us. So you can see how that works. The fear of God just drove out of their lives everything that would cause division cause division in their life. And, uh, and again, uh, I just believe the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the power of God that really, really began to pick up and flow here was a direct result of the fear of God. Because again, going back to electricity as an illustration, the wires, you know, you think of electrical wires, The electrical wires have insulation around them. It has insulation around the metal. What is it, aluminum or copper? The metal that conducts the electricity. But then it has, it has insulation around it to protect you from it. So you can, you can grab a wire, but it has that insulation around it. And so that protects you from, from getting yourself hurt. Right? That's what the fear of God does for us. It insulates. It insulates us from... The power of God being able to harm us. It protects us. It takes us from just walking up to the just just to that bare metal and just hitting it, grabbing it. You can you can you can you can take a wire, and as long as you're you know grabbing it with you know grabbing the insulation that's around it, you you should be okay. But if that insulation wasn't there, then you can get just like I said, you can get yourself really hurt. So. So the fear of God, it it creates a buffer between us and the metal, the metal that that power is flowing through. So here we see the the power of God flowing through the apostles. How many people know God has set ministry gifts in the church? That's right, it's over in Ephesians chapter 4. He has set first apostles, second prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. God has raised up these ministry gifts for his power to flow through to his church to help empower his believers. He wants all his believers to be able to walk in his healing power, in his miracle working power. I mean, the Bible says that, Jesus said that, Mark chapter 16, it's part of the Great Commission. Believers will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. But just like we see here in the book of Acts, so it is in the local churches. The power of God, it starts from the head. The anointing always starts from the head down. It flows from the head down. We see that in Psalms. It talks about the anointing oil coming down upon uh, the head of Aaron, the high priest, and flowing down all his garments. Let's see, God wants his power to flow down from the head, from the leadership in the church, to flow down upon his people, equipping them and empowering them for the work of the ministry. So the fear of God will protect us from just touching raw metal. And that insulation is the fear of God from just contacting raw metal. And we see that here in the next verse. Notice verse 12. It says, Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Notice that. They didn't dare touch the metal of those ministry gifts. They didn't dare do it. Why? Because they feared it. They had, they had insulation, fear, the fear of God. It's very basic. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 12, it says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those... Let me say urge. urge. He's urging. He's urging the church. We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves... Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Notice that he says that we are to recognize those who labor among us and are over us in the Lord and to admonish them and esteem them very highly. That's what they had here in Acts. It wasn't just some kind of feeling or emotion that caused them to be this way. It was the way God wanted it to be. And it's the way he wants it to be for you and I. Hallelujah. Because, again, it's all part of lifting him up so that we can come up. So when we lift him up and lift up his ministry gifts, we lift up his word. We're lifting up his spirit. We're lifting up him. What's it doing? It's bringing us up. I said it's bringing us up. But if we attack it and kick at it and neglect the word and all these things, then what are we doing? We're knocking ourselves back. We're knocking ourselves out of the perfect will of God for our life. Can you say amen? Somebody say, I want the perfect will of God for my life. Therefore, I need to fear God. I need the fear of the Lord. Let's stand on our feet. Praise God. That concludes this message.